Hi, everyone. Welcome to essentially the season finale, but not really season finale of (laughs) Attack on Titan season four, part two. Um, Yes. Yeah, we're going to treat this like a season finale, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I I think that we should. Yeah, because... um, we were not anticipating a part three, but you know, pivoted, and also we don't want, we don't want to leave anyone in a cliffhanger. So we are definitely going to be treating this like um, a season finale. And don't worry, we will do part three, but that's obviously down the road. So like yay. a year down the road, <laughs> I know. Oh I my can't gosh. stand it. I know, just the lingering, the lingering feelings, like, oh my gosh, Mm -hmm. what's going to happen? But I'm super pumped. We have this episode that we cover. Uh, The first part will be normal, but the second part will be special. And of course, there's a giveaway. So we're super pumped about that. And um, yeah. Oh, by the way, this is a little bit Weebish podcast. (laughs) And it's Megan and Sam. So we are so happy that you have made it with us to this point. It feels like an accomplishment. And I'm pretty sure, and you know, I'm really proud of us because it's like by the time this goes live, it will be going a year or a day before our year birthday of Little Bit Weebish. Ah, so it's like crazy, crazy, you know? And ugh, we're not an Attack on Titan podcast. <laughs> But no. <laughs> it sure feels like it after a year. <laughs> yeah. So I I was just talking to my husband about this and I was like, okay, so we are going to be ending on 40 regular podcast episodes, which we which means that we have recorded about 40 hours worth of content, which means that I have edited 40 hours, 40 plus hours of content. Yes. 50 hours of content. And Megan has done like a billion hours of social media. And I was just like, for something that is not a job, this is a lot of work. Like I did not realize, and I don't even, okay. I want to preface this for people. I do probably 20% of the work and then Megan does like 80% of the work. And she says, Oh my gosh, but it is true (laughs) because she spends so much time on our social media. She does so spend so much time on talking to everybody. And I'm like, man, this is a lot of work. (laughs) It is. For those of you who think a podcast sounds fun, it is fun. But, you know, it's an investment of time, a labor of love. And, you know, it's easily 10 hours a week. Minimum. Minimum. Yeah. Yeah. Depending on how you want to do it. But, you know, I think it's crazy what we've been able to accomplish. It's, mm-hmm. I, I guess we're feeling nostalgic because, mm-hmm. you know, we're coming up on that year mark, which is awesome. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess maybe let's plug in. Since this is coming out a day before our birthday, pay attention to the day after on our real birthday. <gasps> Gasp, teaser. Megan, what could it be? I know, teaser. We love it. <laughs> 
anyway, let's hop right into what we're really here for, which is our fake series finale of Attack yes. on Titan. And we're going to cover episodes 27 and 28, or if you're counting up, episodes 86 and 87. And of course, stay for the whole time, especially for the giveaway, because we're excited about it. Um, yes. But let's dive right in. So for episode 27, title, retrospective. And retrospectively, I've realized that I've written a crazy long summary. So I'm going to give the gist without reading it word for word. Here we go. So everyone is, there's so much combating going on. There's so much fighting happening. Connie just shot his friends in order to protect Armin. And Annie and Reiner, they're taking out Jaegerists. Uh, Hanji, Jean, and Magath, they learn that the mechanics um, need a whole day to service the boat. So they have to replan, otherwise the rumbling will continue. And Ms. Azumabito, she has an idea um, that they can go to service the hangar, or uh, they can go service the boat at a hangar that they own and operate off the coast of Marley. And she's confident that they'll be able to get to the Titans before or that they will get there before the Titans do. So this is like another gamble. And so everyone gets the plan, the new plan and chaos essentially ensues because they're trying to get the Osmobitos and everyone to safe uh, safety on the boat. Well, kind of safety. Cause trust me, it's not. And you know, Flock, he's screaming, kill them to the Jaegerists and calling them traitors. They're going after the Osmobito mechanics because if they kill them, they can't leave. Um, but Annie is saving them and getting Thunder Spears at her. And then Rhina, he steps in uh, in front of Annie and gets a face full of Thunder Spears. It is crazy. And the Cart Titan... Um, provides a lift for the others to get to the boat. And Falco wants to join in the fight to help them, but Peek says, no, that's a bad idea. Shogo, he stays because it, his first transformation doesn't, they don't really go well. Um, but instead, he doesn't listen. He just goes into the fight. Connie, he leaves Armin with Magath on the ship. You know, it's this whole thing. Um, they also realize, boom, the train of reinforcements that was coming was attacked. And so they were actually really lucky um, because the Jaegerists, if they got those reinforcements, it would have been done. Um, so anyway, Jean, he finds Falco trying to get his himself to for, uh, transform. And they see Annie's Titan head fall off. And now both Rhina and Annie, they can't see and move. The Jaegerists are going to swarm to finish them off. And then Connie swoops in and takes out at least five of them like a badass. And my man. Such... I know. <laughs> I'm like, man, Connie, you can do it. Wow. Yeah. I um, mean, they're all my man. This is more of a like a you go boy moment. Exactly. Bye. Exactly. <laughs> Um, but then Mikasa joins in and takes out the other Jaegerists on the roof while Jean covers her. It's this whole thing. And they remember the words of their captain many years ago. Hesitate for even a second and your comrades will die. More true 
uh, uh, yeah, more true words never spoken. Is that a thing? Is that a phrase? Yep. Okay, like well that, then perfect. Yeah. That's what I mean. <laughs> um, but anyway, Peek joins the fight now and the Jaegerists now target her with Thunder Spears. Everyone is surrounded by the enemy. And Flock, he rallies his troops. He says, our country is worth dying for. And that's when Falco transforms into the Jaw Titan and takes out this Jaegerist swarm. And it looks like Flock is going to go after Falco, but he outmaneuvers past all the titans, Hanji, and aims his thunder spear at the boat. And just before he can successfully aim he and release his shot, he gets hit and he falls into the sea. And I don't want to make any claims, but is he actually dead now? Like, is the bacteria, the 1%, <laughs> the virus, is he dead now? I don't know. But anyway... He falls into the sea, so we'll see what happens. But mm -hmm. the scouts just keep fighting. It looks like it's raining blood. It is that gruesome. Now, yeah. the ship is ready. They need to board. Um, Peak almost gets eaten by Falco, but thankfully Magath was able to cut out Falco and, you know, save both of them. And it's like allies and friends, they're carrying each other to the ship and Magath says you guys go set sail I will hold the rear and at first I was like what the hell does he mean he's just one person but anyway he then is met by Commandant Shadas who honestly those two I feel like could bond over you know a couple pints of beer in my opinion <laughs> like cut from the same cloth you know what I mean yeah very. um exactly but anyway so he, Commandant Shadas, he takes out these Jaegerists that are aiming at Magath and then Magath realizes it was you who took out those reinforcements. So it's like badassery going all around. And so he asks why Magath stayed. Magath said, I need to take out this Marleyan ship on the dock because if the Jaegerists get to it, we're going to be finished. So um, and then Magath asked, why are you here? And Shada said that basically when he saw his former students, including Annie Lionheart, he saw how much they had grown and he was so proud. And I'm like getting emotional over that. And Magath and Shada, they both go to that ship. They're setting up these explosives and just chatting over this final suicide mission. And basically Magath says he's not a hero. Shada says he still has respect for him. They exchange names, like two badasses, and the two men blow up the remaining Marleyan ship, taking their own lives in the process. R.I.P. Um, but anyway, everyone on the ship is shocked to see this explosion, but they are safe now. And if you watched past the ending credits, Hanji mm -hmm. explains the plan that they will, um, that they decided with Magath. They need to get the hangar uh, to that, or they need to get to the hangar. I don't know why I keep using boat and hangar, like, interchangeably. They're not interchangeable. But that means that their home in Liberia is doomed. Annie cries, and she's just like, I need to know that if I'm going to keep fighting, I need to know if you're going to kill Aaron, or if I try to kill Aaron, what will you do? Are you going to sit and watch because I'm sick of this. I'm tired. I don't want to fight anymore. I don't want to fight with you. Not even Aaron. And what's going to happen? We don't know. Ah! 
the end. I think it's um, just to kind of point out like this last little bit. I think it's so interesting that Annie keeps directing her conversation to Mikasa because she knows how strong Mikasa is. She's like, I'm not afraid of anybody else being able to stop me, but I am afraid of you being able to stop me. Yes. And your crazy relationship with Aaron needs to like she needs to know where that stands because it could get ugly if mm-hmm. if Mikasa changes her mind last second you know yeah definitely um, oh I'm I'm surprised that this episode was called retrospective right instead of 28 um but yes I'm I'm very interested to see like how you take this theme for this episode and how you kind of go with it. Right. Well, because yeah, I agree with the title. I'm like that doesn't make any sense. But for the theme that I chose, I chose redemption, mm. um, which is kind of a heavier topic. But I would love the discussion on this. You know, yeah. because redemption. Who claims it? Who's worthy of it? Who bestows it on someone else? You know, it's it's so hard, especially yeah. in Attack on Titan, where we love certain characters, and because of that, we kind of give them passes, or we or we deem that they're on the right side, and then yeah. others we automatically think they're the bad guy. And so I just want to note that what I say, it doesn't necessarily mean I agree with what's happening or with certain people's actions. I'm just posing another viewpoint because Mm -hmm. if Attack on Titan has taught us anything, it's made us question these big themes, you know, the value of human life, who... Is there such thing as a good guy or a bad guy? And what makes a person that? You know, it's made us really think deeply about certain topics. So just bear with me, everyone. Um, It's my hope that at least people think about this a little bit further and not just chalk this up to, well, this person is redeemable because they're on the right side. So. No, it's a very good point. I mean... A good example of that in the past has been Gabi, you know. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, And so, yeah, I think she's perfect for that. I didn't write her down because I feel like we've talked about her a ton. Well, and she wasn't really in this episode and not very, um, she she just didn't really play a role in this episode. So it makes sense. Exactly. Exactly. But um, let's just dive into a couple of people that I want to talk about and we're going to Hit it hard and heavy with Flock. <laughs> Ugh, okay. Is is Flock worthy of redemption? Can we can he claim it? That'll be your call. But when he tells the Jaegerists, if they reach Aaron and kill him, then Parody will drown in a sea of blood. The world will seek revenge and butcher your parents, your siblings, and every kid on this island. Your hearts and souls to the cause. And he calls his former comrades traitors because he truly believes that they are betraying the Eldian people, their people. And um, I mean, with that statement, is he wrong? 
exactly when you put it when you put it that way is he wrong exactly um he truly believes that this is the path for peace and that if they did nothing or if they did not back or if they decided to back down they would be doomed it was in his mind this was the only course of action to have peace for the eldian people whatever that meant and when you think of it kind of in that regard of like this is horrible but the mean the co- wait is it the means justify the, the end the, yeah yeah you know we could easily compare this outlook to let's say Ervin who sent hundreds of people to their deaths mm-hmm. in the name of saving Aaron um, yeah. getting answers behind the walls and reclaiming Shiganshina. You know, is the extremity in Flock's actions that that make him irredeemable? You know, when he told his troops, your country is worth dying for. And when Ervin, back when they thought they were all that was left of humanity, that humanity is worth dying for. You know, mm-hmm. it's very similar along the similar vein but we make one a hero and we villainize flock yeah you know and i am not saying i'm team flock i just want everyone to know that but when you think about it from flock's perspective it kind of makes you understand why he is the way that he is and why he is betraying his friends in the name of this just cause that he believes in. And I say just in quotes, you know, but does that make sense to you? Yeah, no, it definitely does. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. So my next person that I want to talk about is Magath. Um, Okay. Because when Magath and Shadas are setting up these explosives, Magath says, I have done nothing to be proud of. I've served my country by ignoring my conscience. They were innocent kids until I got a hold of them and turned them into soldiers. I ordered them to breach those walls. It's far too late, but I've finally realized how happy I would have been if those kids could have lived normal lives. And so he doesn't claim this title of hero but well and he admits he's done horrible things um let's assume that he's been on parody for maybe a week ish a few days and he's only teamed up with the parody devils for only a few days you know can that be enough for us to say yes he's redeemable or do we only think that because he's now on the right side you know, he's put aside his prejudice. He's finally followed his conscience. And in this final act, um, he has sacrificed himself in order to give the rest of them a fighting chance to save the world. You know, in season, in the beginning of season four, um, when we first meet him, he almost sends dozens of Eldians to their death, but he's stopped by Gabi. So, how do we feel about Magath, you know, and this last minute ad, ad, admonition of guilt of mm-hmm. wrongdoing, you know, what are your thoughts? 
Oh my gosh. Okay. Um, so there's quite a few things. Um, I, (laughs) cause while you were talking, I was like, well, what he said was that he feels bad about the kids that he has made into killing machines. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, and I know that he said in the past, like he was in the wrong for being on Marley's side, but if we just take the, the admission of, I turned an innocent kid into a soldier. I -hmm. think that he is, oh, it's so hard because guess what? Shadis did the same thing. He turned kids into soldiers. Exactly. When you compare the two, absolutely. And so like, do we hear Shadis apologizing for that? I don't know. (laughs) Or, Or exactly because they both made their kids soldiers but is McGath irredeemable because he ordered his to make the first move? Yeah. And and shot as his kids had to be reactionary. Yeah. You know, it's like very, very similar to what they it's did. A, it's kind of like a better late than never kind of uh exactly view. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, I've gone to confession every yeah, week kinda. for all of my life. And then this guy over here does it on his deathbed right before he dies. Like, do we deserve the same? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, totally agree with that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I'm not I'm not saying that we need to have anything definitive either. I just right. want everyone to wrestle with this. <laughs> Yeah, like legitimately I'm wrestling with this because I was like, yeah, McGath. And then you put it in perspective of he's only been there for a few days. He's only changed his view in a few days. Um, He hasn't even like it was just a couple days ago that he saw Gabi apologizing for being a devil. Somebody who was born, um, who was born uh, dirty or however you want to put that um, was never going to be born innocent or born in goodness out of goodness. Um, and that really put it into perspective that like people that he knew internalized what he had said and what he had done. And so, yeah, is it like, does he get redemption from that? Maybe not, but there's a step and that step at least saved people. Um, yeah. Like, you, it's, it's kind of like the whole, like, I can forgive somebody for something that they've done, but that doesn't mean that everything has to go back to the way it was beforehand. Like, Gabby could have said, yes, I forgive McGath for what he did, and he did something that was amazing for us, but there was there's still that lingering hurt. You know, just as an example, not saying that she said that or that she reacts that way at all, because as you can tell, Gabby views McGath as, yeah. Um, But Mm -hmm. it's just, it's a perspective of, it was a redeeming end, but is it redemption? That's up for interpretation. Absolutely. And then with Annie and Raina, Mm -hmm. it's like, we... (laughs) I don't know about, oh. well, I'm, I'm cheering them on. I don't want to put, you know, speak collectively, but I'm cheering them on and I want, I want them to make it. Um, but here's the thing. Both of them have killed so many scouts. 
and so many Paradians in the name of Marley. And they betrayed their friends and even killed Marco, who was one of their closest friends at the time. Yeah. You know, they were ready to wipe out all of humanity on Parody Island. Like, especially when claiming Shiganshina, when that went down. Yeah, yeah. they were ready to wipe out all of humanity. Um, but here they are aligning themselves with the scouts, their former friends to save the world and their homeland. Are they redeemable or are they too far gone? Will their former friends forgive them? You know, it's, you know, because they have a very muddied past of working with the scouts, you know, or pretending to be aligned with the scouts you know, and there is a little bit of incentive for them to align themselves because they want to save their homes. You know, are they redeemable? Yeah. Um, and to this, like, what I was going to say is, while they were under Magath and they were brainwashed and, like, can they be forgiven for being fed the wrong information? And then I thought, well, Magath probably had very similar education in terms of Annie and Rhina, but he just, he was lucky that he was Marlian and wasn't treated like trash like Annie right. and Rhina were. Um, and I was thinking he's just also lived longer and lived with that mm -hmm. ideology being crammed down his throat for longer. So if I'm going to give a pass to Annie and Rhina, do I give a pass to McGath for the institution that he also grew up in? Exactly exactly 100% because it's like where do you draw that line especially for these people who did grow up with a certain ideology yeah um you know so and I'm not saying there's right or wrong here again I just want people to wrestle with this within, mm -hmm. <laughs> within themselves yeah um, and then next we have Aaron um, will his plan to wipe out all of humanity with the exception of those on parody and not including the ones he smashed with the colossal Titans. Um, is there any remote possibility of redemption for him after everything he's done to manipulate the past, to convince the founder Emir to lend him his power to justify the price of reparations and peace for the Eldian people to be world genocide, um, to save those he deemed worthy of his protection. Can Aaron really be saved, forgiven, redeemed? Um, you know, and if we try to understand this from Aaron's perspective, does this change anything at all, or at least further our understanding? What are your thoughts? <laughs> I think that there's another statement or a question that needs to be thrown out. Does Ooh. Aaron really care to be redeemed? Does oh he care gosh. to be saved? Oh, man. Because Damn. sometimes people just do things because they think that it is right. And they don't need saving it. Yeah. Like there are, there's no reason to be saved because in their mind, they are 100% justified and 100% right. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, when you put it that way, I think that the answer could be yes or no. And he wouldn't mm -hmm. care. He would he still 
continue. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Well, I think that that puts a bow on it. Let's move on to my <laughs> next point. I apologize. <laughs> no, Sam, though, but I really feel like, duh, that like that is so Aaron. Like, of course. So I thought that was perfect. But my last and final point were the Eldian people. Yeah. And I don't mean that they're bad. I'm just referring to this from the world's perspective. Mm, yeah, the world yeah. believed they were all devils. And based on Aaron's actions alone, it just proves that they were right in their eyes. They wanted to kill them before Aaron took action, but Aaron is now striking them so hard they will never recover. So if Aaron succeeds, there will be no one left to judge them or harm the Eldian people, except for those from within. But if Aaron is stopped, could the world understand, forgive, give grace to the Eldian people? Or would it make the Eldian people be further damned with the label of devils and be persecuted further for generations to come? This is where I feel like I can't forgive Aaron. The Eldian people, the refugees, like, I get trying to get your peace. Do you know, not get your peace, Um, uh, seek vengeance. I get that. But to take everybody out with those people that you were trying to seek vengeance against, I can't wrap my head around that. I can't. I am a person Mm -hmm. that, um, that just does not feel like because you are associated with somebody else means that I associated with somebody else who I have issue with does not mean that I also hate you. Exactly. I yeah, mean, same. if that were the case, we wouldn't be friends because you were also friends with my ex-boyfriend. Do you know what I mean? Like, if if we're giving that as an example, like... Oh, yeah. I was like, wait, am I friends with your ex-boyfriend? <laughs> <laughs> it's been a long time, people. It's been a really long time <laughs> since that ex-boyfriend. But um, does that make sense, though? Like... That shouldn't. It does. I don't. I don't condone that. <laughs> I don't condone a complete wipeout. One hundred percent. And it's like I understand the the desire or the need to stop like a playground bully. Like mm-hmm. I get that. You mm-hmm. know, stand up for yourself. I understand. But to do it to that extreme, it's like, could you pull <sighs> it off? Well, you're doing it right now. Yeah. But. If you don't succeed, you are just proving the misconception that your whole entire race of people are evil. And furthering the problem of making people scared of you, not want to welcome you into the global society. And if you do succeed, there will be nothing for your people. No real progress, no real integration. You'll just be stuck with yourself it's like because of i'm not saying the eldian people are evil but because of aaron's actions he is making the eldian people look out to be very irredeemable 
in the eyes mm-hmm. of the world. Mm-hmm. So, um, anyway, that's my topic. I hope people just kind of like rational, like wrestle with this because it's easy to rationalize like, oh, this person's a good guy. He's on, you know, team scouts and then not do the same for other people. And it's like, really, you know, how are we using our own bias to give certain people a pass and not? So definitely, definitely. I agree with that. Yeah. But anyway, let's move on to lighter things. What did you like, Sam, about this episode? Um, okay. So I really, um, first and foremost, because I, I realized that I wrote like my comments out of order, I really enjoyed seeing Annie and Reiner like doing their saving moves. And the oh. what I mean by that is like Annie blocking shots for the mechanics, like throwing her hand out to cover all of the people that are trying to run for cover and run towards the boat or the hangar, whatever it is. They keep calling the plane a boat and I'm, it's throwing me off. I know. <laughs> me too. Same with hangar and boat. I'm yeah. like, gosh, too many words. Um, <laughs> but her throwing out her hand and then Rhina, like this is what really got me. Like I get saving the people that are smaller than you because they've done that with like their own friends from the Marley inside but when mm-hmm. Rhina jumps in front of Annie that was very unexpected because I felt like <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, Annie was like the Yoko Ono of Reiner <laughs> and Bertolt <laughs> yeah. um, and I feel like he kind of resented her because of how great she was at fighting and how great she was as a titan but also right. like the way she kind of wedged in with Bertolt a little bit um so for him to step in front of her and in that moment i was like gaping but also like of course he's got like the armor of course he would jump in front of her but it had a whole other level to it that just was very endearing i know i mean i love that too and especially to the face it's like that's so close to your human body where you could where you could die you know and it's Yeah, I agree. I love that. Um, Essentially, all of the fighting was Mm -hmm. epic. It gave me total Marvel Avenger feelings, you know? (laughs) Um, But something that I liked, (laughs) especially, of course, was when Magath finally met Shadas. It's like those two old men are cut from the same cloth almost. And I mean, I I loved that they got to bond over this, but I I wish that they could have had it longer. But I guess when with those two men, I think that they said everything that needed to be said. But just so epic and cool. Um, No, I totally agree with that. It's like they're the same character, but on opposite sides of the fight. And yeah, it just felt like one person coming together. Exactly. Essentially, like just different fonts. You know, same yeah. character, different font. <laughs> yeah. The last thing that I wanted to point out was just uh, when Annie and Rhina were like on their knees, I guess, with their heads either blown to bits or completely off. Oh, um, yeah. I really liked that moment seeing like Connie and Hanji and Mikasa and Jean coming in to save yes. them. Um, it just kind of felt like. I know that you guys have done bad, but like you're still my friend kind of moment. Um, And I'm still going to care for you, still going to fight for you moment. And I just thought it was like 
really coming together. Like I know that we talked about a couple episodes ago, like when they're gathering everybody, that it was mm-hmm. like the gang's getting back together. But this really <laughs> solidified it in action and having each other's backs. Literally. Uh, I know. And I love that so much. Um, okay, well mm-hmm. now because um our next episode's gonna be our special coverage, mm-hmm. let's do a little mini MVP. Because, holy crap, I do feel like there are people who deserve it. And we can Mm -hmm. just give them, like, half a point. Um, Mm -hmm. But I just feel like it needs to be acknowledged. So, Sam, why don't you give us your little mini MVP? (laughs) Uh, Okay. um, So, I said Marley and Titans, but I wanted to specify Reiner and Annie. Or Reina and Annie. Um, Mm -hmm. Seeing them together and how they worked was just mind-blowingly amazing (laughs) i loved it it was so like they just felt like a well-oiled machine just working off of each other um and i think that there's major growth there in how they operate um you see that they have spirit and they're fighting now in comparison to just being told to fight they're fighting for a reason and fighting with passion um and i don't think i have liked rina and annie more than i have in like the last few episodes like they have it's just it's very interesting to see characters being broken down so far and then slowly building themselves back up at least somewhat it's it's incredible oh i i love that yes 100 percent. um for me my little mini mvp has to go to Commandant Keith Shadas. Um, <laughs> I know that he gave me Severus Snape vibes. I know that I said that, but oh yeah. my gosh. He was such a badass like this episode. And like, I mean, he, in the previous episodes, he saved those brat kids who betrayed him and beat him up close to death and then in this episode he's taking out a train full of reinforcements and he is Mm -hmm. seeing like he saw annie and the gang and he just single-handedly follows them and like does his own thing to support them they had no idea and so it's like wow you are so cool and i and that man isn't afraid of anyone not even death it's like salute to you sir you know what i mean Mm -hmm. um but yeah loved it loved him i'm glad we got to see him in this light and not just you know in training or pining after aaron's mom (laughs) get on you sir yes (laughs) good point good point um but okay i think that wraps everything up so let's jump in to episode 28 I'm super Sounds good. Okay, everybody, welcome back. We are now going to be covering episode 28, or if you're counting up, episode 87. And this is the final episode of season four, part two. <laughs> not a real finale, um, but we're doing it. <laughs> yeah, not a real finale, but yeah, we're doing it. Um, we just wanted to remind you since it's been a little bit since we have done a season finale that, um, 
we kind of take it a little bit differently. Um, we go in order of episode, just pointing out things that we love. And usually it's a lot more than what we would do for a regular what we love in an episode. Um, we go in a little bit more detail. We chat about each individual points a little bit more. Um, and then we talk about things that we didn't like in the episode. And yeah. then um, after that, we talk about remaining questions that we have. Uh, MVP recaps after season four. Uh, part two as to who is in the lead for MVPs. And then um, instead of an overall MVP for season four, because Megan and I chatted and it's just a little hard to choose because either people were pieces of shit or they were (laughs) absolutely amazing. And there was no, there weren't like a couple of outliers. It was just kind of, that's how it is. So instead of an overall season MVP, we decided to take a poll to see who we thought would die in part three and who will survive. And then we're going to hop on to superlatives and give a couple of announcements. So exciting. I'm excited. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So what we liked and what we loved, since we go in order of the episode, Megan and I will be going back and forth a couple of times and just commenting on each other. So Megan, since you have the first point, why don't you go ahead? Okay. Well, originally I thought this was a what if scenario, which I love those, but it turns out that those events were actually real and they actually happened between the gap of season three and season four, which Mm. I know that we had been curious about. So it was just crazy to see. And it actually made me glad that it was real because they got to experience the joy of things like ice cream and new sites, new people, seeing... Vast technology. It's like, it just made me happy when I realized that, wait, these things are really happening. Um, That they were able to actually experience like this whole new world in front of them. Yeah, um, I definitely agree with that. I think it kind of shows how far that they have come in a very short period of time based on their clothing. Especially like you see a jump in the way that people were dressing before. Um, the Titans breached the walls and then now in like this gap year or a few years um, that we have been missing them. And I think that's super cool. Like I definitely needed this and I'm glad that they saved it for the season finale. Me too. But Me too. Um, the first thing that I wanted to bring up that I really loved is the people who were trying ice cream. It was yes. so freaking hilarious because Jean was like looking down, uh, not looking down. He was very embarrassed of Connie and Sasha getting ice cream and them like freaking out. And then he tries it and he starts freaking out. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you guys are ridiculous. (laughs) Can I just say that it was a hilarious moment, but I also got so emotional over them trying ice cream for the first time. Like I got teary eyed and I'm like, what is wrong with me? But yeah, it's just, it's just one of those things where it's like to feel so closed off from the world and then to just experience something so simple and so every day as ice cream. It just was, it was beautiful to me and silly and funny, but like tears were swelling in my eyes. (laughs) Well, okay. So another thing that I wanted to kind of point out was we see Hanji in a three-piece suit. And can I I say they just look so cool. (laughs) 
100%. Eye patch, three-piece suit. They look like a freaking mob (laughs) boss, and I love it. (laughs) And speaking of mob bosses, the fact that Levi looked like he was in a kitty gang version of mob boss. Ness, I that was hilarious. Oh yeah. So to go into that, another thing that I really loved was when the clown was offering Levi the lollipop. Oh, so it creepy. Was, it was so creepy. And you just see like, okay, if if Levi didn't have a hair or a hat on and it was like a different type of anime, kind of like Yeah. Where where they get like the creeps and like their skin starts to prickle and then like their hair raises yes. in the animes. That totally would have been that moment for Levi. Oh, 100%. <laughs> so funny. I laughed so hard. <laughs> I texted Megan. I was like, please tell me when you get to the funny Levi part, you will know. You will know what it is. <laughs> oh my gosh. And speaking of, I never texted you when that happened. <laughs> It It was was hilarious. Oh, gosh. I was like, I was trying not to alert my kids that I was watching a show on the tablet next to my computer. And I was like choking on my laughter. (laughs) It was so (laughs) funny. And and with the stark difference in height that Levi has with everybody else in this past season is just, it makes it even better. (laughs) I swear, they have... If they have made him even shorter because I'm like, there's no way that yeah. man is like five two or whatever. They've made him like four foot nothing. Yeah, because his like the height difference between him and Hanji is like it looks like over a foot. I know. And, I know. and so I'm like, you guys are just hamming this it's up. It's exaggerated. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Um Another really great moment that I thought was very unifying and really brought out a sense of grief for our group of uh, parody and people um, was when the group decides to save the kid that stole from Sasha. Yes. Um, They start hearing people slamming on on Eldians, specifically the Islanders, mm-hmm. um, and start talking about the refugees and how they're just terrible people and all of that type of stuff. And you can see the look on our scouts' faces change from, like, we're just trying to blend in with everybody else to, no, we're going to intervene. Right. Um, and that was a really... That was the start of the emotional journey <laughs> for oh, me. for you? <laughs> yeah. Oh, and, like, I was super happy about and excited about the ice cream and them saying, like, oh, Niccolo said, like, mm-hmm. we should try this food. But mm-hmm. for me, it's when the uh, happiness starts to fade because reality starts to set in. Yeah. Um, but then it kind of picks up a little bit for me where I started laughing again was where they're all trying to run away from the crowd. And for people who do very athletic stuff for their everyday <laughs> job, they are very out of breath trying to just run away from some villagers. And it made oh me laugh gosh. so hard. <laughs> it did make me feel a little bit better. I mean, I'm sure they could still outrun me, but still made me feel a little bit better. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh- 
Um, the next part that I really loved, and this is where I bawled my eyes out. Oh my gosh. Yes. Like legitimately bald. Um, so it's it's right after they have the forum. Um, and I was pissed about that. Um and as as Aaron was, because Aaron walks out of that meeting, right? Mm-hmm. And he um walks up to the hill where they had left the kid who is the thief. Um, and he's looking down and he actually sees the kid and he's um he's looking out over like the encampment of the refugees where this child lives. Um, and he's with his parents or two adult figures, a male and a female, and he's just waving really big smile. Um, and you see Aaron just like looking up in the moon and he's crying and Mikasa kind of is rebuking him for running away by himself. And then all of a sudden this man comes up to them with a silver tray, like a very nice silver tray with two drinks on it. Mm -hmm. Um, And just as that man shows up, the rest of our scout group kind of finds them and everything. And Aaron says, oh, right on time or something to that degree. Um, But Aaron turns back to the man and the man says something to him in a different language. And um, that for me was the start of where I started crying because there's... There's no way for them to truly communicate other than kindness at this point. Like, this is all about communicating with kindness. And if I could have had a theme, it probably would have been kindness or joy, something along those lines. Um, And so we see Aaron going in with a couple of the scouts um, and they're starting to drink with (laughs) The man and everybody kind of gets a little rowdy like you see the rosy cheeks and everybody kind of like singing along and dancing along and then you see the rest of the group kind of come in so like Hanji Levi and all of that stuff and there's they're just continuing to eat good food and all the people come together having have and have fun um, and I just was like for me this is for a brief moment they are getting a glimpse of what the future could have been. Yes. If they were given the chance for peace. Um, and I feel like that was the nail in the coffin for Aaron. And just being like, this is what we could have had. But people decided to not try. And they just try they decided to go with the easier route, which is just killing. And um, and he could tell from the experience from the town earlier that that mindset wasn't going to change. But in this moment, they're able to have a sense of camaraderie, even though they are different. They are different skin tones. They are from different lands. They have different languages. They can't even communicate. But they have found a commonality, which is happiness. And that was just enough for them to be able to welcome each other as brothers and sisters. And it was so beautiful. I know. And, oh, man, I love that scene, too, because they're just polar opposites and they have truly nothing in common that they found a way, like you said, to just have this moment of happiness together. And it was beautiful. And the random scene that was in the previous episode, I was like, what is that? So to see that it came from this particular moment, I was like, this is perfect. Um 
So yeah. yeah, I will say though that the fact that Aaron is okay with taking out these refugees, these people who welcomed him with the colossal titans, I'm like, Aaron, how can you? Like, I understand being mad at the Marlians, but mm-hmm. these people, they welcomed you. They, you, yeah. you all had an amazing time. Anyway, mm-hmm. it just, uh, I won't spoil it, but that was such a beautiful moment also. Yeah. Um, the next thing that I liked was I loved seeing Zeke and Aaron talking about Mikasa and her love for him. Um, Not necessarily the topic itself, but the way (laughs) that they were just so normal, like they really were brothers and that they had been raised together and they felt like they could confide in each other. But even though it was normal, it just felt really weird because their life isn't normal. Totally. Totally. And it also made me wonder, because Aaron was like, well, I only have four years left. So it made me think, like, if Aaron didn't have four years, would he really have allowed himself to love Mikasa? Um, Does he love her in a romantic way? I don't think so, because I feel like Aaron probably realized, well, I have 13 years, so there's no real reason to pursue anything. Um, So, but it makes me wonder, like, if he didn't have four years, would he have allowed himself to feel that way? Yeah, you know. no, it's a it's a really good that's a really good question. And that's honestly another remaining question that I have for part three is like it's it's the same question as history or not history, it's the same question as Mikasa. Like, if I would have been honest with him, would it have would it have changed something? Um, does totally. he does he like her? Does he love her? Because I think the same thing as you that like because he felt doomed from the start. He doesn't want to drag people down. And so he just doesn't even let himself think about it. Um, But also is Aaron the type of person that can be selfless and love? Because I feel like um, when you love somebody else, you're willing to give up a lot for them. I mean, I guess Aaron's kind of doing that though. Is he though? Well, he says says his friends. But mm, I don't know. <laughs> He's it's it's, it's a, a giant it's, question mark. <laughs> yeah, it's it's something to toss up and to think about, you know. Mm-hmm. But I guess to kind of go along with that point, I really loved seeing Aaron's point of view of making his plan to leave. Like we got to see um, him talking to Zeke, talking to Flock, talking to Historia, um, and it helped clear up some of the questions that I had around like. Was he lying with certain things with Mikasa when he said, like, I resent you and you're just following me because of some uh, familial duty to my line and stuff like that? And we find out that that's, you know, that's actually not true. He lied to Mikasa about feeling the need to protect him and stuff like that. So we're going to save that for parts that I didn't like. me off (laughs) um but it was it was interesting to see i guess the reason why i say this is that it's not a huge question mark kind of like Mm -hmm. these past three years being able to see like these couple of days that they're in marley those four years in between season three and season four 
are no longer a question mark because we kind of understand what they were doing during that time. So, yeah. Right. Um, Now, please clarify for me. Did I miss why he told Historia and why she didn't tell everyone of his plan? Like, did he use the founder's ability to brainwash her to forget the conversation? Because I was like, Historia... If Aaron told this to you, and if you didn't tell people, what the hell kind of ruler are you? But, like, then I'm thinking, well, he could have brainwashed her. Did I miss that? I don't think that he could brainwash her yet. Because he didn't have the ability to brainwash <gasps> yet, Because he didn't right? have Zeke with him. Yeah, so the thing is, right, is that, like... The royals. She- because she said, she says during their conversation, should I get pregnant... Which means that she isn't pregnant yet when he told right. her. And when they are, all of the stuff is going down, she is very pregnant at that point. So right. she's had, I mean, by the way, wow. how pregnant she looked, it looked like it could have been like months, 10, 11 months at least. <gasps> Not you know. that I need a reason to have beef with Historia because I don't like her, but what the hell, Historia? I really yeah. have beef with you. Yeah. And I think like, that why he told Historia was because he wanted her to run. I think, like, he really did want her to run because mm. he knew that, like, once he set things in motion, people were going to keep eyes on her because she was a really big linchpin. Um, mm. with how to control Zeke. Um, oh so I think that's, I, I don't think like, un, other than, other than that, I don't think that he would have told her, but also at the same time, I'm like, why choose flock to be like your idiot sidekick? Like of all the people, oh. why him? I think but. that flocks the kind of person who just needs to feel invaluable. Yeah. And he can easily be mean, manipulated. I genuinely think that that's Flock's chip on his shoulder. Yeah. Like, he wasn't part of the the original crowd of scouts. Mm-hmm. So because of that, he felt like he was inferior to people like Jean and Armin and, you know. So I feel like if you can manipulate that weakness of his to make him feel special yeah. and important, he's mm-hmm. totally putty in the hands. Um, gotcha. Okay. But yeah, that's just my philosophy. But also, Historia, what the hell? Jeez. <laughs> oh my gosh. If if people have better insight than what I just thought, like, feel free to email me because I want to yeah. know. Yeah, I'm just, no joke. Yeah, I've got some issues. Um, okay. <laughs> now, I have two, uh, two points. Um, mm-hmm. Why did I think that the colossal titans were so tall that they could just walk on the bottom of the ocean and still have their heads poking out? Like, why did I, why did I find it hysterical when I saw them swimming? Like, I, they looked really funny swimming. Like, they kind of looked like blocks. They're very blocky. Yeah. And I'm like. I just, I don't know. It was hysterical to me. So, um, I mean, obviously terrifying, especially as they're like popping out of the ocean with their heads. To me, that felt like really sinister. But before that, when they're swimming, I'm like, that cracks me up. (laughs) 
Yeah. I did not expect that. It reminds um, me of Ponyo with Ponyo and all her sisters like swimming together in like this pinkish reddish swarm. Totally. <laughs> That's what it yes. Um, one's definitely more adorable than the other. <laughs> True. Um, but yeah, and then the ending. Oh my gosh. I mean, I want everyone to know. Maybe this is insight into my mental and emotional state with Attack on Titan, but I was surprised that I cried over the ice cream and not the fact that Aaron and the Colossals were <laughs> finally attacking. You know? Like, what does yeah. that say about me? Because it's special <laughs> when the cute things happen because so many dang terrifying sad things happen that we're just used to it. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Okay, thank you for making me feel better. Because I was like, what kind of psychopath am I right now? Like, why am I not crying? I do have to say, I feel like Aaron... Okay, everybody needs to look up the mother character. Not like the the real mother, but fake mother. And Coraline, when she's her spider self. And like her face shape and like her stringy hair and all of her spidery legs reminded me i laughed when i saw aaron in like his massive titan form because Uh he looked like fake mother from Coraline. (laughs) oh my gosh i can't unsee this yeah oh my gosh yes we might have to do a side by side for social media or something like that so that people understand what i'm talking about that is hysterical (laughs) sam remind me that is hysterical we have to do it Okay, we will we will definitely do that. But since we're kind of like in this why did this happen feeling, let's move on to what we didn't like or that we didn't love. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Megan, why don't you go ahead and go first? Okay. Well, when Aaron asks Mikasa what he means to her, I was like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Like I'm I was like transported to like every awkward conversation I had as a teenager with a boy that I liked. Um, but when she says, like, your family, here's the truth. The the fact that Aaron used those words and then, like, given the conversation that they had, it yeah. makes me matter at him. And then the conversation he had with Zeke clearing up, like, oh, well, you know, maybe she likes you, blah, 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 whatever. It makes me stand by all the gaslighting statements I made way back when. I'm like, Aaron, you son of a gun. Why would you hurt Mikasa in this way? Like, you are probing. You're probing to know where you stand on her and then using it to hurt her even harder. It just, you're psycho. And I know people are going to justify it. I know that there are probably some Aaron and Mikasa shippers, but I'm like, to hell with this relationship. (laughs) Absolutely not. Mikasa, get over Aaron. I know you will be as soon as he's dead, if he ever does die. And then please go with Jean because he adores you and has from the very beginning. Like, oh my gosh, to hell with Aaron and Mikasa, that relationship. I was so mad. So <laughs> mad. It's funny that you say that because I um, I wasn't like terribly upset when I was watching it um, oh, about man. like this situation because I view it a little bit differently. I view it from okay. the perspective of like 
20-year-old boys now and just being completely oblivious, regardless of, like, the whole conversation, you know, when he finally touches, uh, what's her face? Um, Zeke's mom in Titan form and has, like, that flashback and he's, like, defending both of them. Like, despite having that conversation where she's, like, professing her love to him and he just brushes it off, I'm like, oh, here's another moment that he's just, like, oblivious to, like, how she truly feels and lets her have a pass with that. And then also with Zeke, like, just kind of brushing it off yet again. And I'm like, that sounds like a 20-year-old boy to me. (laughs) To be perfectly oh honest. Gosh. Or how, however old that he is. Like, just very immature. But also, like I said earlier, um, Aaron doesn't seem like the selfless person to be able to love at this True. point anyway. Um, and so he seems very self-centered. And for him to be able to pick up on that, I'm not surprised to be perfect. Like, <sighs> I keep saying to be perfectly honest, but it's true. Like, I am not surprised that he doesn't pick up on that at all. Well, we are in houses divided on this one. (laughs) I have yet to change my feelings, but I respect your differing opinion. (laughs) (laughs) I guess this is kind of like when they had that moment with the Titans and I was like, I hated it. (laughs) And I was like, oh my gosh, I loved it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, the part that I didn't like, and honestly, I only didn't like this one part is where Historia offers up pregnancy as a solution. Can I just tell you how much I hate that? I really dislike the pregnancy trope as a way to get what you want. I feel like it's very manipulative. Um, and that is very, um, the the terrible stereotype. I feel that men put on women is like, trap them with pregnancy kind of a thing and i feel like that's the same thing she's just using it against you know the higher ups in the military and trapping them into doing what she wants and i hate it because pregnancy should not be used that way (laughs) you should not be having a a kid yeah oh my gosh agreed agreed i just i very much hated that a ton (laughs) Agreed. Like a billion times. It made me dislike Historia even more because Oh of my that. gosh, not that we need any more reasons, jeez. <sighs> okay. So since we've got <laughs> that off of our chests, let's move yes. on to questions that we have. Um I guess to kind of continue on with Historia's question of what if I get pregnant, like I wasn't one hundred percent sure why she offered that up. Is that into response to Aaron stating that she needs to fight against being eaten? Or ugh. is this in response to Aaron stating that she needs to fight against being used to eat Zeke because it would be dangerous? Or is there like a is there another purpose? And then my question is, is Aaron the one that got her pregnant? Because I feel like that would be a thing Aaron would do to save her. <laughs> Oh He'd be like, gosh. yes, I will be selfless and get you pregnant. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> oh my gosh. I, I'm not, uh, I'm like being very serious though. Like I feel like that would be something that he would do. I, for real. Um, And how devastating would that be for me? Because uh, I think yeah. many, many, many episodes ago, like 
off, like just off the cuff, they said that she got pregnant by like a trusted farmer guy that she knew from childhood. Yeah. And, no, I remember that. Um, I don't think that's true. <laughs> oh, you think it's a this, oh. I think it's a cover. <gasps> because they've said like they met um back when they were kids, but they really never like they weren't really friends or associated yeah. with each other or something so like you that. I think it's a cover. Ooh, okay. Mm-hmm. So you it's know, not like I an have... illegitimate child. Yeah. I have no freaking clue. I just, I hate that this whole pregnancy thing even has to happen. Cause like, ugh, cause I don't like it either. Yeah. Um, but oh my gosh, if Aaron got her pregnant, Mika saw, I double my statement to get with Jean. Good grief. The man would love and adore you. Yeah. Go with him. <laughs> she won't. Um, she won't. I I have confidence she'll get back to her senses, but it's okay. Oh, man, we should pull this. <laughs> Actually, all the manga readers are probably like, these two, read the damn manga. <laughs> They're probably also like, why are you worried about Mikasa and Jean and Aaron? Why aren't you worried about X, Y, Humanity. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. True. Because we like rom coms, and this we has nothing to do with a rom com, but we're trying to bring it in. <laughs> <laughs> oh uh, my gosh, I love funny it. Funny enough, okay. I actually don't like reading rom coms. Uh, like novels, I will read rom coms and manga, and I will watch mo- rom coms, but I don't like to read okay. like contemporary rom coms. Oh. Yeah, fair. Fair, fair, fair. Yeah, I agree. Back back Um, on track. Um, (laughs) Back to Attack on Titan. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. Another question that I had is, so now that we know that Aaron knows Mikasa loves her because Zeke, like, point blank says, she likes you. Yep. How does he feel? Like, all he said was that he only had four years left to live and he wants all of his friends to live happily. So wouldn't that include telling Mikasa that he loved her? Even if he was going to die, don't you think? I don't don't know. You know what? Here's the truth. He can say, he can profess his love to Mikasa. And I will say, not healthy. Don't go for it. Shut it down. Yeah. That's, That's my response. Um... Just as someone who's dealt with a couple of psychos. Just gotta <laughs> shut that down. <laughs> it just reminds me of Zoe. Uh, not Zoe. Yeah. What's her name? From New Girl. And she's like, shut it <gasps> yes. down. And she's trying to like. Yes, yes. <laughs> she does like the X with her hands. Yes. And they're talking about like office romances. <laughs> Um, oh my god. Zoe gosh, Deschanel's love, character. That's what it was. I love that you brought up New Girl. I love <laughs> it. <laughs> See, rom com. <laughs> there we go. Um, oh my gosh. I did have another question about Mikasa and her headaches, but I'm just going to skip that. Um, but my, like, the biggest question that I had was why did Falco's Titan attack the cart Titan? Was he just overpowered by the feeling of being a Titan and didn't know when to stop? Or is there, like, something else going on? Because I was thinking, like, he's usually a very rational character. And I'm wondering if, like, turning into the Titan makes him not himself. Um, I think 
well, one, I think that, um, well, one, uh, Peak said that first transformations don't go well. Um, and we also know that back when Aaron had transformed, he like took out every freaking Titan. And I think that just because, um, Peak was the closest Titan to Falco, I think it's just a compulsion to attack the Titans. So I think it was more just it being his first time. So he can't really control it. Um, but over time, I don't think it'll be an issue. Okay. So yeah. Interesting. I don't know. Um, my only question is how the hell is this going to end? (laughs) I have no clue. Maybe by the time part three happens, I will have caught up with the manga. You know, I was just about to ask. (laughs) I was going to ask, um, like, yes, I know that you were trying to save the manga for, you know, after we had covered it and watched the show, but now with the new announcement, I was like, oh, she's just going to hold off another year. Is she just going to go for it? I thought, all right, I've got another year to procrastinate (laughs) and see if I can do it. Um, Who knows? Maybe I'll know the ending before you do, because I'll be a Mm -hmm. manga reader. (laughs) I don't know why I said it like that. Well, maybe I'll read it, too. (laughs) (laughs) I probably won't. Not right now, at least. I've got way too much. It's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot. Um, But yeah, those are all our questions. Let's do the recap, the MVP recap. Yeah. Do you want to handle the MVP recap since you have been the one that's done totals? Yes. This is the tally, everyone. Historia stayed at 0.5. So there's that. Sucks Um, to be you. Yep, you're the lowest of the low. Um, except she is tied with McGath, who entered the scene with an honorable mention, so he got 0.5. Um, but now he's dead, so he definitely won't be making it further. Mm-mm. And there was at one point when the scouts collectively got MVP, so they got half point. I'll bring that up later. <laughs> Peak also joined the group with 0.5. Um there's Titan Aaron, who has one point, which I guess maybe eventually we should just add Aaron and the Titan Aaron together. Yeah, we probably um, should. That was back when I was like, do we differentiate or do we not differentiate? Yeah. Okay. Well, then I'm going to add it real quick. Real time. Add it. Titan slash. Yeah. And then with the whole, there we go. All right. Everyone scratch that in real time. We made an edit. (laughs) Um, but okay. Then so many people made it onto the MVP board. Good for them. So all of these people are tied with one point. Falco, Colt, Zeke, Mr. Sava, (laughs) Oh my gosh, I am having oh, secondhand embarrassment. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> oh gosh. Okay, Saba also won. Niall, Shadas, all of them got one point. And of course, Shadas, he won't make it further because he's gone. Um, but now, Kaya, she got two points. Pixis, he ended mm-hmm. his uh, ranking with two. Rhyna, 
he actually made it onto the board, which I'm like, how did we not have him on here sooner? He yeah. is at 2.5. And Annie slash the female Titan is at 2.5. And Mir, I had her on the board because we didn't know what happened with her, but now we do. She ended with two points. Sasha, she got one point and ended with 2.5 points. Grisha shockingly uh he those were probably i'm pretty sure at least one of those was mine i i think it was he is now at three points um it's kind of weird because we know he's technically dead but you know he is very much alive you know up until this point and then jean he uh is at 3.5 mikasa also 3.5 Gobby came on the scene and ranked up four freaking points, y'all. Like, way to go. She mm-hmm. swung in big. And then Connie, he got 2.5 votes this season, so he is now at four points. Hanji got 2.5, so now Hanji's at 4.5. Um, Aaron slash Titan Aaron is at 5.5. Armin is at eight points. What? I know. He got 2.5 uh, MVPs this episode, so now he's at 8. And Levi, despite being practically dead <laughs> and non-existent, yeah. got 2.5 points this season, so now he is at 10. I mean, Armin Whoa. could take this. Whoa. Yeah. So, anyway, that is how our MVP... Uh, ranking overall is going. Mm-hmm. Obviously, subject to change based on part three. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so that's good to know. And um, we decided not to do the overall season four MVP, so we decided to see who we think will die in part three. <laughs> Sam, do you want to go first, or do you want me to go first? Oh, um, I guess I'll throw a few out. So I'm just going through like the MVP list because those are practically just the people that we are focusing on at this point anyway. Right. I feel like Connie's going to (gasps) die. Okay. Sadly, I feel like he's going to die. Um, I think Armin's going to live because he is going to be somebody who's going to rebuild like the future. Oh, okay. um, I think Levi is going to live out of spite. Just spite alone. He's going to survive. Wow. Okay. Um, Hanji. Hanji is going to live to also help Armin rebuild society. And I th- okay. don't know about Jean. I feel like Jean's going to be like a leader. Because he's kind okay. of taken on, even though like Hanji is supposed to be taking over Irwin's role, like I feel like Jean is very much like Irwin in the sense that like in the moment he's the one that's kind of commanding. So I don't know about him. Right. He's like a gray area for me. But overall, I think Mikasa is going to die and it's going to click something in Aaron's brain. I feel like she's oh. going to die and he's going to be like, no, this wasn't worth it. 
or maybe he's going to kill her on accident. <gasps> I don't think that he's going to do it on purpose. I think he's going to accidentally while she tries to stop him, and I think he she's going to die. Oh, man. Oh, I don't know why my throat broke. I'm not emotional right now. Um, whoa, that would be cool. Um, how, what do you think about Rhina, Annie, Colton, Gobby? Oh, I Falco think and Falco, I think, is going to die, sadly. Gobby, I think, is going to live. Peak, probably die. Annie. And he's going to die, and Reiner is going to continue to want to die, but he will live. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. That is hysterical. Okay, well, this is what I said. I wrote them all down, so I'm not going to change anything. Um, I feel like Hanji will die, because I feel like being taken out by the thing that you loved, it's very dark and poetic. Mm, seems yeah. to be up Isayama's alley. I feel like Levi's gonna die because he's the fan favorite. Okay. Uh, Connie, I feel like he's gonna die because his second half is already gone. Annie, she'll die a hero. Peak, also die a hero. I feel like... Oh, and Aaron, I feel like he's gonna die because he needs to be stopped. Um, and I have no idea how the hell it's going to happen, but I feel like he's going to die. I feel like that's the only okay. way this season could really end on a good note. Oh, um, I don't even know with Aaron. I feel I like there's a possibility that he's going to live. Oh my gosh. Well, if all these people died and he lives, I'm going to be pissed. So anyway, <laughs> um, But now to the people who live, I think Armin's going to live because he has been the narrator throughout this entire time. So I'm like, I feel like he's going to be the survivor to tell the tale, the cautionary tale. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's a good point. Mm -hmm. Good point. And then Mikasa is going to live and Jean is going to live. And I feel like they will eventually get together, hopefully. I can't. I know you're wishing for that, but I don't think that that's going to happen. I don't think that's going to happen. I think that Jean puts Mikasa up on like this little pedestal as like this amazing glass doll. Because and and Mikasa's just like it's Aaron or nobody. Like I will live alone for the rest of my life. Oh my gosh. Well, this brings up a trope that I absolutely hate within anime. Sometimes I love it. A lot of times I don't. And that's when like a character's first love is the only one they will ever have. And they will just die pining for Mm. their first love. And I'm like, to a degree, I understand. But for the most part, that's so unattainably, like, not realistic. And that's not how it happens. And, like, you can have a first love and heal and move on and have the most amazing relationship after the fact but because Mm -hmm. it's like this trope with an anime it just drives me nuts so i'm i'm rooting for them i'm rooting for them because i the alternative makes me mad so there you go understandably i'm just that i just feel like they they could have been compatible 
if Mikasa hadn't been so jaded by Aaron, but I think that she's so past feeling at this point. Like, oh it, my gosh. it solidified with, oh, what's her name? Not Kaya, but the other blonde girl that she saved. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. What's her name? Uh, the one who died with Louise. like a sh- Louise. When Louise was on her deathbed and Mika's just, just like, give me back my scarf and walks away while Louise is dying. Like, that solidified for me that she is just past feeling. Well, but I, I it's sad, thought it was going to be I trash. Don't. And I don't know. I don't know. But I'm just like, <laughs> I'm rooting for them. And I'm hoping they're both alive. And then with Gobby surviving... Well, with Falco surviving up until his 13 years are done, and then Gabi surviving, and Reiner too, until he passes the armored on to Gabi. Um, mm. I feel like they thought that group, oh man, words, hard. I forget um, like, that he has to die. <laughs> exactly. Anybody with the Titan has to die. Like, he's only got a few more years, so I feel like he will survive this. And then pass the armored titan on to Gabi. Um, yeah. So, yeah. There we go. That's my prediction. Oh, I'm so excited to see how this turns out. <laughs> I bet we're going to hey. be so wrong. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, when I did this with Game or for Game of Thrones with all of my friends, I was very wrong. <laughs> like, oh my gosh, that's so hysterical. wrong. I Every love time. that. Uh, but now I have mine written down uh, so that we can compare it later and laugh at ourselves. So there you go. Yes. Love it. Um, so this season we decided to do superlatives again, but I just wrote down a couple. We can do more um, if you want. Yeah. But these were more like geared towards the instead of general superlatives, like ones that kind of cater to AOT and in general. So um, the first one that I had was who would be the one to blow their cover? I said Sasha. Sasha? <laughs> because of the ice cream vendor. They're like, play it cool, play it cool. And she's like, there's food. I want to try this ice cream. And then she yeah. completely like tossed it all aside. So I think totally Sasha. If there's a food I mean, Sasha, Sasha definitely but another one that I thought of was Levi and if that clown thing would have happened first I bet you anything (laughs) he would have blown cover (laughs) big time Uh, oh so yeah that was kind of what I thought of I was like oh our little hothead getting called a child and then he just like blows things up but he was distracted by the by the thief um, the next one, uh, who breaks from the quote unquote plan first, who would be most likely to do that? I mean, Aaron, <laughs> that That's was what one. I wrote down. That is a very good one. Um, dip. Yeah, probably. He is the one that broke from the plan. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I realize now that that one was kind of an ob- obvious superlative. <laughs> um, <laughs> Okay, so here's another one because we have, I feel like we have quite a few good contenders for this one, but who would be the best leader? I put Hanji. And when I tried to rationalize it to not be Hanji, it still went back to Hanji. (laughs) 
Um, I I say Jean just because it seems like even though Hanji is a really great leader, people don't seem to listen to them as much as they do Jean. I don't know why that is. is, Well, Jean is going to be my guess, like the person to rationalize it not being Hanji. But then he had that like conflict within himself, that conscience that he like actively fights against. I don't know. Like, I mean... Now that I say that, I'm like, but really, we're all that way. I don't know. <laughs> oh, well, okay. it can be both. <laughs> yeah, it can, it can definitely be both because I understand, like, your reasoning. Um, yep. And I understand. They, yeah. Um, so the next one is, who would who is the best follower? I feel like it's very important to have a follower. You can't lead without a follower. Yeah. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? Mm-hmm. I put Mikasa. And I say that okay. endearingly because, uh-huh. like, when everything was going to hell in a handbasket, she was like, Armin, what's the plan? You know, she executes yeah. everything to a T, but she needs a plan. You know, she's not the one coming up with a plan. She's got to be told no. the plan. That's a really good answer. The first person that came to mind for me was Connie um because when he tries to be the leader it's not very great (laughs) like when he was like i'm gonna take falco and feed him to my mom um but also he just seems to like be very very capable um and anytime he's given a task like even though he's kind of this goofball he has the drive to like want to push forward so agreed Um, agreed um who sees through the bs the best Oh, Levi, 100%. I thought Hanji. What? Yeah. I feel like they are so analytical that they are on. They're they're typically the one for me that like explains things that like I wouldn't have guessed. Mm. And then they're like, yep, you're right. You're so smart. But I see why you would say Levi because he's like, cut the crap. Like, exactly. we all know what you're really trying to say. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Hilarious. Um, Who is the most compassionate? This is going to come out of left field, but I said the bronze. Oh, wait. Okay. The Bross family. The Bross Bross family. The Bross. Not the Bross. Oh, my gosh. Not (laughs) Rhinus family. Sasha's family. Her parents. The Bross family. Okay. That's a really good answer. That's not the first one that I thought of. I thought of Anya and Capone. Um, <gasps> oh, yes. Oh, my gosh. Agreed. 100%. But I really like, I really like the Brass family. I yep. think that was a really, uh, a really good one. Mm-hmm. Um, who's the most changed? We have quite a Gabby. few people who change. Yeah. <laughs> <That's so true. laughs> I was like, because there's Magath. You know, um, there's Nicolo's transformation, Anya Capone's transformation, uh, Connie's change, but like Gabi for sure takes the cake for me. Mm -hmm. Okay. Who's the most beloved character? Sasha. Oh. Yeah, I said Sasha too. (laughs) (laughs) I I was going to say Levi. But, like, with all that happened at the beginning of season four, um, she definitely took the cake when it comes to people being really upset by her death. 
Yep. Yep. 100%. Okay. I've been saying that a lot. Gosh, I need to cut that out. <laughs> Jeez. Oh, okay. So the next one I need to preface. I need to know why you choose this person. Who is the craziest? And this is where I struggled to pick someone. Um, who is the craziest? Well, I'm going to say Yelena. <laughs> Yay, me too. What? Oh yeah. my gosh. I thought Hanji because I'm like, they're kooky, they're crazy. But then I was like, it reminded me of the face. The face. Yes. And the face says it all. Oh my like, gosh. says it all. Yep, between the face and the um zealous uh worship, I'm like, yeah. Uh, chicks be crazy. Girl be crazy. <laughs> 100%. Okay, and then the last superlative that I had written down was who is the most endearing character? For me right now, mm-hmm. I say Gobby. Okay. And why do you say that? Um, I think she's just grown on me. She was such a brat. Hated her mm-hmm. in the beginning. But then I just fell in love with this transformation that she went to see this complete change in her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um is remarkable and you know i just oh my gosh it's just so beautiful to see um and i'm glad that my opinion changed of her similar to with emir um Mm -hmm. i feel about gabi i think gabi's awesome so yeah yeah she's the most endearing to me um for me from the beginning it's been falco for this season oh um yes he has represented so much symbolism to me um man he could have been a really good person to see through the bs superlative because like despite being what he was taught he questions quite a bit of like how can we treat people so poorly um for what has been done a long time ago like these aren't the same people um and, you know, being on the island with the Paradians was just amazing. And how good of a kid he was and just making sure that everybody knew that they were loved or that they were thanked for what they did. Like, the situation with Connie really solidified that for me. Mm-hmm. Um, just because, like, even Connie, somebody who didn't know him, but just saw the few actions that he did while they were riding together and yeah. just him saying, like, he's such a good kid. Like, this is so insane. Um, I think he's just, he has a special place in my heart. And I'm sad that I voted that he will die in season three. Or season, or part three. Part that's three. Mm-hmm. In part three. <laughs> um, but I just feel like the goodness that he has is not for an Attack on Titan world, unfortunately. <sighs> I know. Um, I feel you there. Okay. Yeah. Oh. yeah. Okay. Well, let's uh, wrap this up. I'm going to pass it off to Megan to talk about the giveaway that we are doing. 
Um, so Megan, why don't you go ahead and uh, tell us a little about it? Okay, well, you guys, I am so excited. Um, we are definitely doing a giveaway because we are not waiting a whole year for me to hold on to this uh, this giveaway. I'm not waiting. <laughs> I can't hold on to it for a year. Um, we are going to give a color edition, a special edition of Attack on Titan, No Regrets. This is going to be the story that covers Levi. Yeah. Um, along with, yay, along with a Levi chibi keychain, which is so yes. cute. So, super, super pumped. A few rules to consider. Okay. Um, of course, it's very similar to ones in the past. Um, if you'd like to give us a five-star review or email us at littlebitweebish, just your thoughts, um, that'll give you five entries automatically. Um, you can follow us and like the posts that I'll make on Instagram and TikTok for the entry. And you can tag as many of your weeb friends as you have. Each tag will count as an entry. So lots of chances and you must be 18 or older because that's weird for an adult to send a minor something. That'd be weird. Mm -hmm. 18 or older, please. And of course, we are so sorry, but just for the US only, um, eventually we'll be made of money, but right now we're not. <laughs> so we can only ship to US. Um, but yeah, we're super excited. This will obviously go live as soon as we air this out. So on the 18th and maybe I think let's, well, we'll post the close date on the post. How about yeah. that? So that yeah, keep an eye out for those posts, but just know that it will go live as soon as this episode goes out. So yay. Well, thank you, Megan. I know at least after seeing those gifts, I was like, I need to get myself those <laughs> like that yes. chibi, that keychain, so cute, <laughs> super I know. cute. She got it me the cute. Connie one, and it, he just looks adorable. So I appreciate it. I know. <laughs> I need. I need them all. <laughs> yes. Well, everybody, thank you so much for listening to us and wrapping up season four, part two. <laughs> I was about to say wrapping up season four, but it's just part two because now we're getting a part three. Um, we will pick back up with Attack on Titan coverage when the third part comes out. Now, don't be afraid. We still will have content being put out for the Little Bit Weebish podcast. Um, it will be different animes. Um, yep. So, yeah, it'll, it'll worry, be exciting. We'll yeah, and don't worry, we will announce more specifically on this in the next few episodes. So yeah, you don't want to miss it. Exactly. Another teaser. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so make sure to listen to our mini weebs on uh, just kind of the, the next couple mini weebs that are coming out. It will definitely explain more that's going to be going on in the future with a little bit weebish and everything that will be covered. Um, we don't have anything for you to watch at the moment, um, but the mini weebs will be announcing what, uh, what you'll need to be watching here in the near future. But we thank you so much. We ask that if you have anything else that you would like to chat with us about, if you have more superlatives or who you think is going to die in part three, please email us at littlebitweebish at gmail.com 
or you can reach out to us um, on our social media, which is, I say this every time like an old person. <laughs> Please reach out to us on Instagram or TikTok. Our handle is at little bit weebish. Uh, Megan is very active and just chatting with everybody, uh, responding to comments, and we love to see the opinions that you guys have. I think that's something that's amazing about Attack on Titan is that people have very, very strong opinions, and they also have like head cannons that I would never have thought of, and I just I absolutely Holy. love it. So mm-hmm. we just wanted to say thank you. And if you can, uh, please hit that follow button in Spotify or on Apple um, and leave us a little bit of a review. We would love a five-star review and to hear uh, what you guys have to say about our podcast. So thank you so much. You guys are the best. Bye. Bye.